0: In a lot of the Bibles it's on page 731 and I'm reading from Luke chapter 8 verses 1 to 21. The parable of the sower. After this Jesus travelled about from one town and village to another proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering, and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what his parable meant. He said the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you but to others I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see though hearing they may not understand this is the meaning of the parable the seed is the word of God those along the path are the ones who hear And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop, a lamp on a stand. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken from them Verse 19 Jesus mother and brothers Now Jesus mother and brothers came to see him but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd Someone told him Your mothers and brothers your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice.
1: Let's pray, shall we? Father, we want to thank you so much for uh, your word and uh, we pray now that by your spirit that you would be opening our minds and that you would be changing our hearts, that we would have hearts that uh, seek after you, that desire uh, to be shaped by your word so that we would be fruitful in our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And, of course, it's easier to see God's word if you can clean your glasses. (sighs) There you go. Well, I wonder how you feel... When uh, you're sharing something important with another person, but you get the distinct impression that they are not listening. Do you know what I mean? Uh, You experience that? Sometimes it's because the person is too busy, isn't it? Like one day uh, when I bumped into a friend in in the street and he... Uh, greeted me with, hi Scott, how are you? And as I was saying to him, I'm feeling absolutely lousy. The words, that's good, just flowed automatically from his mouth as he kept on walking. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Sometimes people have other things on their mind as well, don't they? Uh, You're talking, but their face (laughs) is actually telling you something different. It's telling you that they are... They're a million miles away from that conversation. You know what I mean? I call that face screensaver mode <laughs> uh, for those who uh, know the old computers. And then there are times when uh, the other person just doesn't care. They don't care. They may, even, they may even seem to be listening to you and what you're saying when actually it just doesn't make any difference to them At all. How someone listens tells us something deeper, doesn't it? Not just about what's on their minds, but what's on their hearts. Which is also true when it comes to the things of God. Because someone may physically hear the word of God being spoken, but how are they listening? Does it make a difference? in their lives now of course uh, jesus had never had a problem attracting a crowd did he and uh it's like here in luke 8 if you care to have that open in your bibles in front of you in luke 8 where in verse 4 where we see that there is a, a large crowd of people jesus is traveling around in Galilee, he's going from town to town from village to village and he's preaching as he goes and and here in this uh, verse there is a large crowd that have come from all over the place in order to gather and to hear him speak. And we think, well, that's great, isn't it? That's good. I mean, uh, we love it when there are lots of people that are gathered to hear God's word and yet Jesus uh, knew the human heart. And he knew that in that, heart, in that crowd that not everyone was really listening, that not everyone was seeking after God. I mean, uh, think about it, um, for some people, perhaps many of them, they might have been there just because they, they were curious and they wanted to see what all of the fuss was about. Others perhaps were there because they were, they were wanting to see a miracle, they wanted to the show. <laughs> some may have been in the crowd who wanted to see Jesus dead. And then, of course, there were those who were genuinely seeking after God. And so in verses 4 through to 8, Jesus told them a parable. Now, a parable is a a made-up story which sort of runs parallel to a spiritual truth that uh, we need to hear. That's why it's called a parable. Now, this is a parable about a farmer, his seeds and his soils. Now, I, <clears throat> I, I've learnt not to uh, make out that I know more about farming than I actually do, but I understand that uh, farmers these days, they use machines to uh, push seed uh, down to the right depth in, into the right kind of soil. But uh, in Jesus' day, uh, they walked around these, uh, these pathways which kind of crisscrossed uh, their land and they scattered their seed as they went. And as this farmer scattered the seed, it fell in different places. Some seed fell along that pathway where the ground is hard and, and hungry birds just s- snapped it up. Um, some f- seed fell on soil which was shallow. Uh, soil because of the, uh, the, the bedrock was uh, very close to the surface. Perhaps that's near the pathway. And soil like that, of course, is uh, is warmer and it holds more moisture, uh, so that the uh, that the plant grows up quickly. It grows up quickly, but it also dies quickly because it can't develop any roots. Some seed fell among thorns. (laughs) The plant started to grow, but over time the thorns grew up and and choked the life out of the plant. So, so far, it's not looking great for this farmer, is it? (laughs) But uh, take a look at verse 8. Have a look at verse 8, where Jesus says, Still other seed fell on what kind of soil? Good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And when he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what, <laughs> let him hear that uh, it wasn't all bad news for the farmer. well, who cares? See, notice that Jesus doesn't actually explain the meaning of the parable to the crowd. he just kind of he just kind of leaves it dangling, doesn't he? and people they don't understand uh, not even the disciples understood, and so they asked Jesus to explain it to them. Uh, Jesus is keen to explain to them the meaning of the parable, but before he does, he says something which which comes across to us as being somewhat surprising. Check it out in verse 10. Uh, Jesus said to them, to the disciples that is, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, the disciples, but to others I speak in parables, so that, get this, so that, those seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. I mean, wow. I thought a parable was, it was a story which was, hope, which was to, to help us to understand a spiritual truth. But Jesus has chosen not to spoon feed the crowd. Why? Well, here he quotes uh, from the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, uh, who 800 years earlier had spoken a word of prophecy to Israel. Uh, He spoke that at a time when God's people, Israel, were, were living in rebellion against God. They were not listening to God's word. They had hardened hearts against God. And this was a word of judgment. A word of judgment that the Babylonian army was going to now invade their land and was going to destroy them. And God gave them this word. But God knew that Israel would not listen, would not repent. And still he gave them the word. Why? Well, see... It's like if you are sharing something important with another person, you know, perhaps over a cup of coffee, yet it is blatantly obvious to you that the other person is not listening and that the reason is because they don't care. And you know that. And so you intentionally say something which is unclear or strange. Because if the person really cared... They would lean into you, wouldn't they? They would ask for clarification. They would want to understand what it is that you have just said. The fact that they don't makes it clear, doesn't it? It Makes it clear what you already knew about them. And so by speaking a parable without explanation, Jesus is testing the people. He's sifting the crowd. How are people hearing this? Well, some might have thought, well, this is just a, a nice story about farming. <laughs> um, some might have thought, well, I, I don't understand what he's talking about, but who cares? It's, it's irrelevant. Whilst others would have thought, there must be something more to this. There must be something deeper. I need to dig deeper. I need to think harder. I need to ask questions. I need to probe. Like the disciples. And that's because they are the ones who have ears and do want to hear, who have eyes and do want to see. And so the disciples ask the question. And now Jesus explains to them the meaning of the parable. In verse 11, the seed is the word of God and the soil is the heart of the hearer. There are four types of hearers with four types of hearts. So let's get into it, shall we? First of all, in verse 12, there are those who hear but whose hearts are hard. Check it out, verse 12. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. I think we all know this kind of person. and We've had this experience, perhaps, It might have even been true of ourselves. The, the person who enjoys the things of God, but when you want to talk to them about God, maybe share with them about Jesus, you might even explain the gospel to them, just bounces off just bounces off i remember uh, having an opportunity to share uh, the gospel with my boss at work that's before my boss was a minister in a church <laughs> and uh, i even gave him a book um, it was a really terrific book which uh, explained very clearly and very engagingly uh, who jesus is and what jesus has done for us and guess what my boss he read it He read the whole book and I was so thrilled by that. And uh, when I asked him what uh, what he he thought about it, he said it was very interesting. And I said, well, what did you think about the message in it? He said, the message? And I drew a blank. He said there was nothing in it, nothing in it for him. You see, the seed had been sown on hard soil and Satan swooped. But I want to say this, that, friends, uh, God is in the business of softening hard hearts, is he not, by his spirit? And that's why we keep on praying for people. But understanding this heart is actually very important, um, especially in terms of what we might expect when we share the gospel with other people. And secondly, in verse 13, there are those who hear but whose hearts are shallow. Uh, Verse 13... Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. This is like seed uh, falling on a thin layer of soil and the gospel just does not develop deep roots in their lives. Uh, It's great, isn't it, when someone um, becomes a Christian, when someone turns to Jesus for the first time, And I always love it, you know, when someone is just so enthusiastic and so full of joy and uh, it's really uh, contagious, isn't it? We love it when someone uh, turns to Jesus, but sometimes people accept Jesus as their saviour but are not committed to him as their Lord. And so uh, when being a Christian uh, starts to get tough, perhaps because of peer pressure or having to say no to temptation, they can just as quickly fall away. They fade away. And thirdly, in verse 14, there are those who hear but whose hearts are crowded. The seed that fell among thorns, says Jesus, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures and they do not mature. Uh, The seed of the gospel has taken root. It has withstood the heat of, of persecution and temptation but it shares the soil with thorny weeds which suck up the nutrients and slowly wind their way around the plant choking the person's love for God. And this, I think, is the most insidious of uh, the threats to us as, uh, when we hear God's word. The worries of life. Worrying about problems instead of bringing those problems to God in prayer and experiencing His peace, which passes all understanding. Trying to solve our problems our way and not God's way. The deceitfulness of wealth where we believe the lie that uh, life will be more fulfilling if only we, we had more of the stuff that money can buy. And so that those things end up taking the priority in our lives, which ought rightly belong to God. And it usually, I've noticed, doesn't happen overnight. Um, I... I'm always reminded of this when I walk down a Shelley Beach and they see that big tree in the, on the side of the road with this strangler vine that's just wrapped itself around it and the tree is just, a, there's no tree anymore, it's just a strangler vine. And you see it happens so slowly, doesn't it? It's So slowly, slow, slowly choking that tree and the thorns uh, in our lives can be like that. It's sometimes the very, it's the small decisions in life that we make. The small decisions which add up in order to actually move us away from God. The decision about what job that we will take. Will it give me time to spend time with the Lord each day and to be in church on Sunday and to get to Bible study and Will it give me time or will it take me away from those things? The kind of house that I choose to buy, am I going to overextend so much because I love the luxuries and end up finding I'm a slave to paying off this uh, huge mortgage? Uh, or our relationships, do I uh, actually crave after a relationship with someone who doesn't love the Lord uh, in the way uh, that, I, uh, that I should desire? and then become, in that sense, unequally yoked. It's the small things which uh, shift our priorities away from God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, the Apostle Paul laments that some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many joys, no griefs. Very different from the psalmist who wrote in Psalm 42, that as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs after you, O God. Which leads us to those who hear with a good heart. In verse 15, I think it is. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Having heard God's word, how do they respond? Do they just let it be plucked away? No, they retain it. Do they just give up on God's word when things get tough? No, they persevere. Do they get choked by the worries of this life and the deceitfulness? No they produce a crop. And we actually have some examples of uh, this right here in the very passage uh, in verses 1 through to 3 where uh, Luke tells us about some women. Uh, there was a, a, a whole group of women who were with Jesus and he specifically talks to us about three of these women who traveling, were travelling with Jesus Three women who, in particular, whose lives had been blessed by Jesus for he had brought healing into their lives. Um, They were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had driven out evil spirits. There's a lady by the name of Joanna, whose husband actually managed King Herod's household. King Herod, in whose household John the Baptist had been beheaded. And there is another lady by the name of Susanna, whom we don't know very much about, except that she, along with those, was good soil. Three women whose hearts were good soil. For, get this, out of their love for Jesus, (laughs) they were financially supporting him from their own means. Think about that the person they were financially supporting in ministry was the saviour of the world. (laughs) That is fruitfulness beyond calculation, don't you think? Beyond calculation. And so what kind of listener are you? This is a very important question because um, we may even be able to fool others into thinking that we're listening But we can't fool God by just pretending to listen. For one day, Jesus says in verses 16 through to 18, a lamp will be lit, a light switch will be turned on, a a lamp which will light up the whole room, not just a part of the room, a lamp which will light up our whole lives, not just a part of our lives. Have a look at what he says in verse 17. So that there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be made known or brought out into the open. How much will not be concealed? Nothing. How much will not be brought out into the open? Nothing. (laughs) It's about us, isn't it? And it's about that day of God's judgment. So consider carefully, says Jesus in verse 18, how you listen. Consider carefully how you listen. Because what really matters we see down in verse 21 in the situation where uh, Jesus' mother and brothers had came to see him... And Jesus was told about that and Jesus turned to those who were talk, telling him about these mother and brothers were waiting outside and uh, Jesus said to them, my mother and my brothers and my sisters are those who, what does it say? Hear God's word and put it into practice. That is what matters if you want to be part of God's kingdom. In 1991... I was fresh out of Bible college <clears throat> ready to conquer the world and I knew it all. <laughs> and so they uh, they sent me to preach in a small country church. One of those really small country churches and the congregation maybe 10 15 people they were all farmers. And there I was straight from the city I decided to teach them this parable about farming. (laughs) Oh, they were so gracious. (laughs) I remember that very clearly because during the sermon a cow nearly poked her head in through the window of the church. But the parable of the sower is not a quaint story for farmers. It's actually a it's a choice maker. Uh, it forces us to make a choice because it reaches out and it drags us into the story. Every one of us. For it describes every kind of human heart that there is. <laughs> it's so easy to, to hear God's word with our ears but dismiss it in our hearts or walk away for it or allow it to be choked in our lives better by far is to allow God's word to sink deep roots into our lives it's like a, an elderly man that I knew he's gone to be with the lord now but I remember this so clearly This conversation, an elderly man who was a really godly Christian. I mean, in terms of fruit, in terms of a crop, uh, this man was just so full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. An elderly man who was, uh, I just knew him as being a man of love and of joy and of peace and of patience and I just so much wanted to be like him. (laughs) But I didn't want to go through what he'd been through to get to that. I asked him one day about some health problems that he was having and he said to me, my health problems he said, Scott it's to be expected I am 94 (laughs) and uh, he said to me but the Lord looks after me I know that the Lord looks after me. I survived World War II even a plane crash in the war God has blessed me in so many ways, I've got nothing to gripe about. And to which I think, well, God has used him to bless so many other people in so many ways. Because uh, just by being who he is, I know for a fact that he, throughout his life, has influenced many people uh, for Christ. Uh, Some who indeed... Uh, leaders in churches today are probably preaching uh, at this very time, preaching the gospel of Jesus. For being good soil, he had borne a crop a hundred times that which is sown. We can all bear fruit, can't we? No matter who we are, no matter our gifts No matter our circumstance in life, we can all bear fruit. As we not only hear God's word, but retain it, persevere in it, and prioritise it so that it sinks deep roots in our lives. And so what kind of listener are you? Let's pray. Father, we are so mindful of uh, the, the human heart and our propensity to, uh, uh, to hear but not actually listen, to hear but not actually care. And Father, we uh, do pray that uh, you would be working in our hearts through your Holy Spirit, that we would see just who Jesus is and what he's done for us when he died for our sins on the cross. And, Father, that we would be those who, um, for whom the gospel is our life and loving you and serving you and honouring you. Uh, may we be like the psalmist who likened himself to that deer panting for his streams of living water. Uh, Lord God, we pray that... Um, Uh, We would be those who not only hear your word, but put it into practice. In Jesus' name, Amen.